Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. B, did I tell you that I saw Scotty from Scotty's Vodka Tuesday night in College Park? No. Saw Scotty from Scotty's Vodka Tuesday night in College Park eating at Lido's, banging Lido's. pizza. Um... And did I tell you that last night I saw Gary Williams? You told me. You told me to remind you. Gary wants to know why you turned down the invite to play the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and let Ron Rivera have it. Oh, man. You know, I just wanted to let him. He needed He needed something to put a smile on his face because the season didn't. Very nice of you. Because yeah. Gary yeah. thinks you should be out there. <laughs> Gary is funny. Right now, another <laughs> dude that is friends with Gary Williams is our friend, Mr. Barry Sverluga from the Washington Post. Barry joins us via the BetQL guest line. Barry, thank you for making time for us today, man. Um, I, I want to talk about your column, obviously, that you wrote about B this morning and where he belongs in Canton. Brian Mitchell to the Hall of Fame. Um, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Good, good, man. Uh, thanks for having us, Brian. I, up, Barry? I don't, I don't mean to put you in an awkward position, but I've been thinking about this for a while, so uh, thought I'd stir up the case a little bit again. I appreciate it. I just, you know. I try not to talk about it too much, but I appreciate which you doing is, it, though. Which is why I did not – I figured um, get some other people to talk about Brian Mitchell and not, don't get Brian Mitchell to talk about Brian Mitchell. And I will say this, and I wrote this in the column, um, that you can tell the level of respect or appreciation that people have for a person if um, – very busy people will very quickly pick up the phone to talk about them. So, you know, you got Andy Reid in the middle of a, a run to the Super Bowl, Joe Gibbs prepping four teams for a Daytona 500, and um, they're all too happy to talk about some V-Mitch for, for, um, and, and support him. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so we're talking with Barry. If, if you missed Barry's column this morning, you can follow him at Barry's for Lugo on Twitter. He posted it, and uh, a simple but entirely effective premise just saying that that B Mitch needs to be in the Hall of Fame and that it doesn't make any sense to him that he's not there. Barry, do you kind of want to just lay out your case? So the case is twofold. Um and it's it's about Brian individually um but it's also more broadly about the Hall of Fame overlooking people who made their biggest impact on on special teams. So start with Brian, I mean the list of players with more all-purpose yards in the history of the NFL uh, then Brian Mitchell is Jerry Rice. That's the list. That's the uh, list. No one had more punt returns or punt return yards. No one had more kick return or kick return yards. Um, 13 combined touchdowns in, in that in those two facets of the game. 
um, which is exceeded only by Devin Hester, I believe. Um, And then you go to the attitude and leadership part of it. And, and, you know, I don't want to embarrass Brian, but like that, these great, great coaches um, believe that uh, that aspect of what he provided um, and showed in sacrificing and being willing to do everything that special teamers are, are required to do sets a tone in a locker room that's that's um, that's hard to create. It's, it, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. So, um, and then you know, broadly, uh, we hear every week. JP, you hear any coach you've ever co- covered. You know, we've got to play well in all three facets of the game um, to win this week. And and they make it a point to not overlook special teams. And I think there are 362 members of the Hall of Fame. Three of them are primarily uh, special team special teamers, Morton Anderson and Jan Stenerud kickers and, and Ray Guy, the punter. And I think that's, that's egregious. That is not telling the whole history um, of the game. When you have a returner of Brian Mitchell's caliber or, you know, now Cordero Patterson or, you know, Hester back with the Bears or, or whoever that you know could change a game with one very nerve-wracking kick, and you've got to make that punter or that kicker really think strategically about how they're going to do this. And I went back and watched, um, you know, highlights, Beamage highlights just to get myself in, in mode. And it's just so striking how North South he run. There's no jitter jatter, you know, side to side stuff. It was like, as I think Joe Gibbs told me, you know, uh, you're coming at me. No, I'm coming at you. Like I'm going to finish this hit. I might want to hurt the defender. So, that's a long-winded way of saying I think, um, JP, your partner is very deserving to be in Canton. I don't care to have to embarrass him by having to talk about himself, but um, I was happy to make that case. Well, you did a tremendous job with it. You're correct in everything you say. And I'd add this, and and B, you could just ignore me and Barry Gush about you. Um, but <laughs> one thing, working in locker rooms for a long time, and, and Barry, I, I think you'll agree with this, Players always know. Players always know what's real, what isn't, who gives it everything, who 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 skates. And the amount of former teammates of yours that I've gotten to know, guys that are in the Hall of Fame, guys that have Super Bowl rings, and I believe it was Brian Dawkins that, that said, if I have to be in a foxhole, I want B. Mitch with me. Like, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's an all-time great. There are so many people that will say stuff like that. Your relationships with former players, former coaches. I mean, there's a reason you text these dudes and they jump on the phone with us. It's not because they want to talk to me. And and that is that is real. Um, and Barry, you've talked about this. The the process for the NFL Hall of Fame is perhaps getting better, but but certainly isn't what it should be. And I, I think there there has been over the years, whether it's bias or just a lack of effort from the team to get something done, there is an underrepresentation of Washington players in Canton. Yeah, that may that may be the case, and maybe you know, JP, maybe that's in part because um, the Post doesn't allow uh, its writers to to vote or participate, and that's a that's a side of the argument that that I'm on. I, I, I'm bad at this because I don't believe that sports writers should be involved in this 
kind of process, but then I also um, don't have an awesome solution. So I, I'm not, I'm not really helping um, fix, fix the problem. Um, but I do think, uh, and you and I talked about this before, um, you know, there may be uh, a way that there's a special um, class of special teams focused players that go in at some point, but I would, and that would be great because I think the end result is you, you want that representation. You want deserving players to be in, but I, I just, I don't think that would cheapen it, but I think the, the, like Brian Mitchell is worthy of being in the hall of fame as a football player, period. Like that, that sure. is like, that's just the statement. Um, and I don't think it, whatever the end result is, if you get to Canton, that's great. That's what everybody wants. Um, but it, it's, <clears throat> There should be no, yeah, but he got in this way. It, it's a, it, I agree with that. He's, he's I, achieved what I, he needs to I, achieve. I think. I think the one thing that you're saying is what really resonates with me is that you know it, it's not about me. It's about the actual special teams. When you go on the field, you're out there trying to be the best you can at that position, be the best you can for whoever played it. And when you get through, you don't want to hear people. And I think it's a lot of lot of writers, they don't look past offense and defense. Actually, they don't look past the quarterback and the defensive lineman that are rushing them. And I think you're right that it needs to have more representations for that aspect because Steve Tasker, I know we had three people blocking him and he still made the damn tackle. You know, I, I know how much if I were to run a ball past the 35, 40-yard line and the offense got it, the, the percentages of chances they scored touchdowns, rather than uh, getting a field goal. And me and John Harbaugh talked about this on a consistent basis. John had a stat we'll talk about the average start after I returned a kick or a punt compared to anybody around the league, and I was leading them by 12 yards because you make the right decisions. You run the ball upfield. You don't run to the sideline. But I don't think many people try to even think about that aspect of you go and run, return the ball to the 50, the offense get a touchdown. They go, oh, man, the offense got a touchdown, but you made it easy for them. You put them on the other side of the 50. If you go down, you tackle somebody inside the the ten or twenty yard line, and the defense go and stop that team. They give the defense all the credit, but special teams ignited all of that. So I just and, think that and, the representation should be there more. It's in three facets of the game, Brian. I mean, we're told it all the time, yep. and and to completely. And I'm not saying that a third of the players in the Hall of Fame should be from offense, a third should be from defense, and a third should be from special teams. But but it's to a point where. Um, it's one out of every hundred and something players like that's, that's not fair. And you mentioned Steve Tasker. That's a, a perfect example. I mean, um, think about the times just locally that we've watched Tressway flip the totally. field and, and it, it, it changes the game. And I'm not saying Tressway is a hall of famer, but, but the best punters ever who kicked directionally and, and affected field position and, Gave, um, you know, made the opposing team have to go 95 yards rather than 75. Like that is a huge, huge part of football. It's also like happens to be part of football that I find fun. Um, it, it's strategic. Uh, I don't like the. I get the safety issues, but I don't like the fact that that kick, kickoffs are brought out um, so much less frequently than they than they once were. Um, so Brian, I'm, I'm with you, and I think that's the. You don't have to stump for yourself, but I think you you talking about and stumping for the idea that these guys do take that job extremely seriously, that it has a huge impact on 
on individual football games and, and entire seasons for, for teams, um, it just seems logical that the people that vote for this would have to say, well, wait a minute, why is it, why are there no special teamers, um, essentially? We've got we've to write that wrong. And if you just look at this year's playoffs, the amount of huge plays where a ball gets down at the two or a, a returner makes a play, I mean, it happened week after week, and it's it, 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 you're totally right about the overall representation. And, and my thought with the put in a 10-man special teams class that is really, you know, separate you know divided up over the last 50 years of football is just to try to not to say like guys coming up or, or down the line further like won't get in because they only need that it, it's to try to make up for what is clearly something that is inadequate representation of football absolutely absolutely and, and uh brian J- jp and i i asked jp about whether this would be a good thing to pursue a few weeks ago um because I didn't want to put you in an awkward position, but we were talking about it or texting or something. And, and um, we both kind of were like, well, you know, who appreciates special teams more than Bill Belichick? Like, like maybe I could get Belichick on the, on the phone. Um, not surprisingly, he declined uh, <laughs> in not being one of your, your coaches. But, but I, my point is um, this is arguably, you know, one of the five greatest coaches ever to do it. And, if you really want to get him to wax eloquent about something, um, you might want to bring up, you know, a long snapper or a left-footed punter or, or Matthew Slater, who would be another Hall of Fame candidate as a as a special teamer. Um, he puts a lot of thought into it, a lot of value into it, um, and that should that should say to everybody: this is a super important aspect of football. I think most years Bill was the only one with a left-footed punter. Now this year they have seven to eight. Right, because people are learning from that from what he does, what he's done every year. Because you're so used to catching the right-footed punt, it's a certain spin. Then your left-footed punter shows up that one week, and you didn't practice for it. It could be a problem, and you see a lot of his games end up being, and then they'll kick him short too. Somebody makes a mistake, fielding the ball, whether a punt or a kickoff, and Bill comes out smiling because he know what he was what he was planning for. So, Brian, let me ask you this, because you obviously were a quarterback in, in college and, and came to Washington as a fifth-round pick, and, and Coach Gibbs told you, you know, this is how your best chance of, of having an impact. Like, those first – and then, I don't know if people know, like, Brian's first kickoff uh, in a preseason game. It's crazy. Um, he returned for a touchdown. Um, just those first times back uh, to catch – I think punts, to me, are particularly harrowing, but to – to field kickoffs or punts, like what was that like, and and was it something that came naturally, or or did you have to learn it? Catching the kickoffs came naturally, uh, and and that was fun because I I didn't mind having the ball in my hand, but catching the punts was hell, you know, because <laughs> uh, we had Ralph Majenko, he was a left footed punter, and he punted the ball to me about twenty times in the wind, and I might have touched one of them. I'm not, I didn't catch any of them, and. <laughs> I remember that year is the first year where we go to Philly in the body bag game. Joe Howard Johnson gets hurt. Walter Stanley gets hurt. So the next week we plan against the Saints. I am now the punt returner. And I was so fearful of trying to catch the ball because of that experience I had with Ralph. I let the ball hit the ground bounce and then I would catch it on the run. But then I learned how to catch it. And if you notice, my balls I caught, I normally stepped into it. I caught it already moving forward instead of like a lot of guys today. 
they catch it with their feet squared up or they're stepping backwards where they have to gather, and that gives a, the defender a time to get closer to you. So I just wanted to get to a way where I can catch the ball moving forward to get to them quicker because once they start slowing up is when your, your blockers can block even better for you. And were you naturally – you talk about going forward when you um, caught the punt. Like, is, was your natural instinct just – north-south because i mean those are the straightest lines like toward the other end zone that i've seen anybody ever run like <laughs> is that just how you went about it that's just the way i did it even when i played quarterback i, I remember in the night in uh college, in high school i tried to avoid a guy by just stepping out of bounds and the guy dove and i sprained my ankle and i told my huh. coach i said i'm never doing that again he said what do you mean i say i'm just gonna load a short pass on people now he's like you're a quarterback you gotta take care of yourself so i started lifting weights even more and in college i I left the ground. I dove over people. I ran through people. I played the game like a football player. Like, I didn't care about what position I was playing. I just felt that I, I, love, I loved Walter Payton when I watched him play football. And Walter Payton, they call him sweetness, but the way he played was nothing sweet about that. He would destroy people. With, he would run over people and then just drop the shoulder pads on them. And I just developed that mindset right around in 10th, 11th grade, and I played like that the rest of my life. JP, do we have time for a quick story that didn't get into the column? Hell yeah! So, uh, Coach Gibbs, I I write for a family newspaper, so I, I don't I didn't know that I could get this in, but maybe we can do this on the radio. Um, he said that there was uh, an award that the team had. Um, you know where I'm going, Brian? Leather balls. Right? Leather balls. <laughs> leather balls award. And the, I, I, you know, I can't remember. I don't have my notes right in front of me, but. Um, there was something where, like, I think the coaches had to select it, and, and Brian was maybe the only one, and the, the Leather Balls Award would not surprise you that it's a toughness award. Um, I think he was maybe we were the only one who ever won it unanimously or, or won it a bunch of weeks in a row or something like that. What, what, what was that award? That award was for the, the tough guy, and, and I remember uh, somebody that was tough didn't uh, back down from anything, and I had a stretch where, you know, I was in practice. I got in a fight with multiple defensive players, and then I got in a fight <laughs> with jumping gathers, and basically they realized at that point I was a little off. <laughs> and But, you know, the thing about the it, like, with jumping gathers, to be honest Barry. with you, though, know, Barry, I, I think the majority of football players, because I see a lot of people would come to me and say, man, you're not that big, or so-and-so's not that big. I say when they step on the football field, the guy that's worried about how big somebody is, he shouldn't be out there. I think most guys, just like a, a Darren Sproles and Devin Hester and Brian, Brian Westbrook, when you step on the field, you think you're the baddest SOB out there. And that's the way I felt. And, I, and the way I would lift weights and would, would dedicate myself to getting physically fit, I wasn't worried about how big somebody was. Because if I my leverage was a little lower than theirs, I could come out on the other side. In college, I squatted over 600 pounds. I benched over 400 pounds because I did not want to be like a typical person, like just walking around and can't handle the rigors of football, I wanted to put the pain on somebody else because I wasn't going to just accept it. you hitting me all day. I'm going to have to bring something to you. Well, Coach Kidd's also said, um, you know, you would run scout team uh, quarterback um, and, in fact, did that in preparation for the Super Bowl, which would have been the Bills Super Bowl, I suppose. Um, and he said he had to you – were, you were talking so much smack – uh, and taking on so many defenders that that he had to cut practice short because um, it, it was you were either going to kill somebody or you were going to get killed. So, uh, but he appreciated that intensity um, when even when you were just running scout. What happened was 
the Buffalo Bills offensive line, no, their defensive line coach had pissed off our hall, the offensive line by calling them fat pigs. <laughs> and so they came into practice with an attitude. So our defensive line got an attitude because they weren't going to just let them beat them. So when I'm on offense, they start, like, trying to rough us up a little bit. So at that point, I decide to become Brian Mitchell. Well, Keith Mitchell at that time. And Keith comes Where I, I started cursing them out and doing stuff, and they were going after us, and they ended up hitting Mark Rippon and spraining his ankle, and Coach had to stop practice. <laughs> I agree with that. Good story. Um, I want to read something quickly to both of you. Uh, Monica Mitchell is is Brian's beautiful wife of many years. And knowing B, he is far too humble of a guy to send your article to his wife. So I did it. And um, she replied to me, that article made me tear up. He's so worthy of this honor, praying one day it happens. So, Barry, I, I wanted you to know that because you did great work. And B, we all know. I, I, I was wondering if you might tear up. I, uh, I, 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 you, do, you deserve it wholeheartedly. And I, I hope you know that I'll do everything I can to make it happen. And, and it's great for, for Barry to weigh in with the power of the post, too. Appreciate that, Barry. Thanks, B. Appreciate it. And just, just know, like, I'm not uh, writing that to so I can come on the radio with, with you guys. It's I I got to believe what I write. So um, so here's one for you. Appreciate you, man. Hell, we ask you to come on the radio all the time, anyway. So you <laughs> Hell, yeah, right. <laughs> and thank you too, big ears. <laughs> thank you, Barry. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. All right, all right. that is Barry Sverluga. Give him a follow at Barry Sverluga. S V R L U G A. We're gonna run through some records when we return. Don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.